What up, what up, what up? What's good, everybody? This is your host, Dom Lewis, and welcome in to the Philly Sports 4 for 4 podcast. And it seems like I've been away for some time, but I'm back. I'm back, and I thank you guys so much for um, all of your feedback and all of your listens and plays and ratings and all of that. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, everyone who listens on whether it's uh, iTunes or Google or Spotify or uh, by Anchor, which is uh, who powers this podcast. We appreciate all you guys for all your support, and um, I couldn't do it without you, so thank you. We've been going for a little bit over a year now, like going on this podcast. I started it in December of 2017, and it's been a little over a year, and uh, I can say that it's picking up some steam. I was just looking at some feedback, and um, yeah, you guys have really are listening to me and really are supporting the pod, and we appreciate all of you, so thank you so much. Appreciate it. And we thank Anchor. We thank Anchor because they gave us the platform and allowed us to actually, you know, record this pod and actually, you know, get our thoughts out. So we thank them so much, and um, I can't thank you guys enough, so just thank you. So... Um, without further ado, let's um, get down to the business. There's a lot to talk about because I've been away for, um, I've been away a little over a week. I usually record a pod every week. I didn't record one last week. I just didn't have the time to do it. And um, I really did miss it. Trust me, I really did miss it. But I, I wanted to sit down and I wanted to try to cover all of my bases this week as far as, you know, what I thought about. Eagles losing to the Saints, and then I wanted to talk about Championship Sunday, and, you know, the Sixers, and all of that stuff, and I'm going to get into all of it, I wrote it all down, I'm going to get into all of it, Um, so just sit back and listen, but before I get into the Eagles, or the Sixers, or whatever else is going on in sports, I got to give a congratulations to Doc Holliday, you know, Roy Holliday, who, who played for the Phillies for a couple of seasons, I think it was about three or four seasons, um, who had that remember, who had that memorable um, game against the Reds in the 2010 uh, postseason where he threw the no-hitter. Uh, Roy Halladay, who was tragically lost a little bit over a year ago, I think, um, he was nominated and elected to the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame today. So I just want to give a congratulations to his family. And um, we sure do miss Doc. We really do. And it was so tragic how we lost him. But uh, we're just going to cherish his memories today. We're going to cherish his memories all the way until the induction. And even past then, we're going to cherish his memories, cherish the times that he had with the Phillies, with the Blue Jays, the time he had here on this earth, period. And I just, like I said, want to give a congratulations to, to Doc. You know, in his memory, may he rest in peace to his family. Congratulations. And uh, this this is going to be, a, you know, although it's a sad time because Doc is not here anymore, uh, it's going to be a happy time. We're going to celebrate. I, I'm a full believer in um, celebrating the good times, even though um, things can, you know, be tragic. I'm a full believer in remembering those good times and, and you know, harping on those good times that make you smile. So, Congratulations to Doc Halliday. Congratulations to the Philadelphia Phillies for having another Hall of Famer elected into the Hall of Fame. And yeah, I'm just uh, 
I'm, I was happy to see that today. I was happy to see that. So, congratulations. So, let's get into, um, like I said, I want to talk about a few things today. I want to talk about um, Eagles-Saints game, where the Eagles fell to the Saints 20-14. to I want to talk about what um, what I think led to the loss, the, the key points I saw in that game that actually um, led up to the Eagles losing that game. I want to talk about the aftermath. I want to talk about Nick Foles versus Carson Wentz. I want to talk about um, who should stay, who should go as far as the Philadelphia Phillies roster. Um, free agents, who should we resign here? Who should we let go? I want to talk about Championship Sunday. Uh, you know, the AFC and NFC Championships were played this past Sunday, so I want to talk about Championship Sunday. I want to talk about the referees. I want to talk about the games. I want to talk about um, the Sixers and the couple of big ones that they picked up as of late. I want to talk about... Um, more stuff on, you know, the Machado Harper front, and I'll give a little bit of stuff about the, the Flyers. They're currently on a bye week, so it's not really much to say. Oh, well, well it's, it's not that it's not much to say, but I'll talk about the past few games and the effort that they've given as of late. So, we're, we're going to talk about all of it. We're going to talk about all of it. Um, but I want to get into the Eagles first. And, as I said, Eagles lost um, their, uh, their playoff hopes or the playoffs came to an end during the division round with a 2014 loss to the Saints. Uh, Michael Thomas just had an absolute monster game that game. Uh, but it started out promising for the Eagles. The Eagles, they go up 14-0 in the first quarter. Uh, they scored in their first two drives. I mean, the first play of the game was an interception by uh, Cravon LeBlanc, which was actually, um, it was pretty, I mean, it was another thrown ball by Drew Brees, but at the same time, uh, great play by Crivon LeBlanc because they tried to you know take the top off of the game early. Drew Brees did anyway, and it was just a it was a great um, great effort by him just to you know get up and get that ball and then for the Eagles to actually put it in the end zone on that first drive that was major because um, as you know the Eagles have been a team that struggled all year as far as putting the ball in the end zone during the first quarter so that was that was pretty that was pretty good by them. Um, but I thought that the tide turned in the game, not so much with the end. Well, the, that's that's where it started. The interception that Nick Foles threw, where he underthrew um, Zach Ertz, um, and it was picked off by Marshawn Lattimore, who was one of the better corners in this league. He actually had end up having a pretty good game. He had two picks, uh, the game ceiling pick as well. Um, but that's kind of where the tide turned in the game. Unfortunately, um, we were up 14 nothing, and then the pick happens, and then um, the Saints score on that drive when they get the ball, and they actually, they actually, they weren't going to score. It, it was a, it was. I remember it was fourth down and one, and as, as you know, they uh, converted the fake punt. Uh, they had Taysom Hill in the game, and people made a big deal about Taysom Hill being in the game during that instance and Eagles should have known they were going for the um, the fake. Honestly, I saw Taysom Hill in the game a couple of times during uh, punt formations and during a punt where uh, the Saints didn't fake it. 
Taysom Hill was just in the game. Maybe he was in the game as a decoy. But I just really feel like people harped on that so much and they felt like, um, you know, just, oh, the Eagles should have known. They should have. First of all, they kept their defense in the game. During, they had they had a feeling that they, you know that the Saints would actually um, go for the fake. It just happens the Saints converted. You know, I got to give them credit for doing that. And I felt like the tie turn. That was kind of where the tie turned for the game. Um, and with all that being said, I mean the Eagles were still in it. I mean, you know, during the third quarter, I mean the Saints had an, a drive where they basically were they basically had the ball for the entire quarter. Um, they had a third, it was third, it was a drive over 13 minutes and they actually scored a touchdown. That's when they went up 17 to 14. And I just feel like that, that drive was like more, it should have been a backbreaker. It was an 18 play 92 yard drive. And I'm sorry, they had, I'm sorry. It wasn't 13 minutes. They had the ball for, they had the ball for, um, over 11 minutes. It was 11 minutes, 29 seconds. So they had the ball. I mean, they drove that. They basically had it the entire quarter, and I really felt like that should have been the backbreaker. But even with all of that being said, the Eagles still had a chance to actually um, win the game. I mean, they, you know, um, Saints have the ball in the fourth quarter. They have a chance to go up twenty-three to fourteen. Uh, Lutz misses the field goal. Eagles get pretty good field position, and they're driving the ball. They're driving. It's a couple penalties. They're at the 27-yard line, the Saints 27-yard line, and they're about to go into the two-minute warning. And I I totally agree with Doug for getting the playoff before the two-minute warning. I agree with him. People didn't agree. People thought he should have went into the two-minute warning. No, I thought it was actually key because the play was there. The play was there to make. And Doug saw the play. And Nick saw the play. And they ran the play. And the play was actually uh, Nick, he threw a perfect pass. Alshon Jeffrey just so happens that it goes through his hands and then it goes right into the hands of Marshawn Lattimore and the game's over. And at that point, I just felt like a um, a deep, like it was like a pain in the pit of my stomach almost because, and I didn't know what it was at first. I was like, oh, this is heartbreaking, gut-wrenching, all of that stuff. But I realized after a while, after just, um, harping on the game a little bit, I realized why, as a fan, I was sad. Why, as a fan, and I felt the heartbreak. And it it wasn't even from seasons past. It wasn't even from oh the same way because it didn't feel like that. It felt like the ride was finally over. Like we have been on this high since last year, since you know making a run to the Super Bowl, winning in the whole thing. Trying to repeat, you know, the whole season has been ups and downs. We didn't think we were going to make the playoffs. And then everything turns around during that Rams game when we win the game. And we, you know, we backdoor our way into the playoffs with a six seed. We win during wildcard weekend. And, you know, it feels like, you know, that Foles magic was here once again. It felt like it was going to happen once again. Despite not being able to score any points after that first quarter, I felt like it was going to happen again, and then just, wow, just was over the drop of a hat, and it felt like the ride was over. And I think that's what led to the sadness. It wasn't even about just losing the game, but it was about the ride finally being over and next year having to start a new ride.
and it felt it felt like the end. That's exactly how it felt. It felt really felt like the end. And it, you know, still to this day, it still kind of sucks how it turned out because I felt like Eagles could have really won that game and it could have been a championship weekend. So they lose the game. Um, and then you get, you know, you start talking about the offseason. You start talking about who should stay, who should go. People are still trying to harp on controversy. Not controversy, but who's going to be the quarterback next season, Nick Foles or Carson Wentz. There was never a question in the Eagles' mind. If you're a smart fan, there's never a question in your mind as far as who's the quarterback going forward. Everyone knew it was going to be Carson. Unless Nick Foles actually led the team to another Super Bowl, that's the only time it would actually be considered that Nick Foles would be the quarterback going forward. But I never even felt like that would happen. Um, I just really felt like even even if that happened, I felt like Carson was the guy going forward. It's too much capital invested in Carson Wentz. And he's the guy going forward. And, and you know, you hear the fan. The, I, I think it's a vocal minority, personally, that, you know, feel like Foles should be the guy going forward. And then... Um, and then you hear the article from the Philly Voice come out and, you know, kind of um, saying that West was a problem during the year and um, the Eagles' struggles were because of Carson Wentz and uh, just a, just an article saying that he was a bad team. Well, not a bad teammate, but um, he wasn't a leader. He didn't take accountability and stuff like that. Um, this all happened in a week. This all happened, you know, in a matter of a week. And it's just like you see like your team – semi in turmoil and it's like that's not really the case um i really feel like um just from what i heard about the article um the article was actually supposed to be published like a few weeks ago but i guess it wasn't published because the eagles were kind of making a, uh, a playoff run so this stuff was actually gathered weeks ago um after the the guy who actually published the article um and his name escapes me right now, but I'll, I'll remember it. I'll eventually remember it. But um, basically, um, he says, uh, it's basically he, he said that he started gathering this information after the Cowboys lost. So um, this this had been going on for a while. And I'm just, I'm you know, overall, I, I, I feel like Carson has a lot of growing to do, yes. Um, do I feel like, you know, he's... He does not accountable for his actions. No, I don't feel that way. Uh, just from what I see, just from what I hear in interviews from him, and um, he listen. Carson is a young quarterback in the league still. Like he hasn't. He's what, he's in his thirty. Well, he just got done his third year, and he wasn't even completely healthy for the year. He's had a lot of adversity uh, during his tenure in the football in the National Football League, uh, playing for Philadelphia Eagles because. You know, his first year, he gets named to start eight days before, um, eight days before uh, the season even starts. They trade Sam Bradford. He's named the starter over Chase Daniel. Uh, he was actually supposed to be the third string quarterback. He's supposed to kind of be, kind of have his redshirt year. And they trade Sam Bradford, and he leapfrogs Chase Daniel, and he starts all sixteen games that season. Then the next year he comes out, he has an MVP caliber season, tears his ACL, week uh, week twelve. And then, um, you know, Eagles make a run to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. 
you know, win six games. He, he makes the Super Bowl. Or, I'm sorry, I mean, he played six games. But um, they won five and they won two. Uh, they went two and one in remaining games in regular season. And then he wins um, divisional championship round and then wins the Super Bowl. And then he come back this year. Nick Foles starts the first two games of the season. Um, has so-so start to the season. Carson Wentz comes back week three. And then you see that he's kind of back. You know, he's happy. And then he gets injured again. He hurts his back. Breaks his back, basically. He has a fracture in his back. And you can't play like that. Um, not the quarterback position, anyway. So, he's trying to play through the pain, and he's still coming off the injury. His knees, although his knee is healed, um, he's still not back to, you know, Carson Wentz MVP mood. He's still not back at that point because he's, he's less than a year removed from the injury. So, you know, this guy's had a lot of, he has a lot of adversity um, since he's been the quarterback for this team. And I just really feel like, overall, he's the guy. And I'm confident that he can be the guy. You know, I, I think that expectations were just so high, or just so high for him because of what this team did last year. And if it wasn't for him, this team wouldn't have been in a position to do it last year. Like, Carson Wentz went 11-2 and two before he tore his ACL. So... For people to just shun that, forget about that, and just kind of push him to the side is kind of it's kind of ridiculous. And it's kind of, you know, I talked about this about, you know, Philly fans. I talked about this on 215 Sports. Shout out to Terrell and Ernest. Um, I talked about this and I, I said that, you know, fans have a way of just looking at the short-term success and not looking at the long-term view. And you have to look at the long-term view. You can't jeopardize your long-term future just because of your short-term success. You can't do that. So I always believe Carson Wentz is going to be the guy. Now, um, I appreciate Nick what he did. And, you know, Nick, it's time for Nick to go get paid. It's time for Nick. If he wants to be a starter, go be a starter somewhere. Go be a team leader somewhere else. But, you know, I think that his time, his junction with the Eagles has ended. And that's cool. You know, he'll be, you know, when he retires, you know, he'll probably come back here. His name will be on the Wall of Fame or the Eagle Circle, whatever you call it. He'll be honored. He'll be, you know, he's one of the all-time Eagle greats now just because he won the Super Bowl. Doesn't even have to have the great numbers, but just for the fact that he went on that run last year. Hey, got to appreciate Nick Foles, and we do. So, um, but Carson Wentz is the guy, and I'm glad about that. I'm glad about that. I'm glad that he can actually, you know, take the reins of this team and actually lead the team where it needs to go. And I, I trust that he'll do it. I just, I, I, I expect more of him. I really do. I, I'm not, you know, this year he left me wanting more. And I really do believe that he can give us more. Um, but he has to play a lot better. But I'm confident that he can do that. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that further down the line. But as far as um, like that is concerned, I'm glad that he is a guy going forward. And this article that came out about him, you know, and about the, you know, the, uh, the unnamed sources saying, you know, all these things about him as far as what kind of teammate he is. Um, hey, you can't please everybody. 
But there's been so many people that have come out in support of Carson Wentz where it leads me to believe that he is really a good teammate, good man, good leader, all of that stuff. So um, I'm not not saying that, you know, he doesn't have his flaws because he does. At the same time, though, he's human. He has a lot of learning to do, and he's young. People have to understand and appreciate that and respect that. He'll be fine, and the team will be fine. As far as um, free agents are concerned or people that I think aren't returning, I don't think Brandon Graham will be back. You know, I love Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham got to get paid, though, so I'm not mad at that. I'm not, I don't think Jordan Hicks will be back. You know, that's fine. I don't think Darby will be back. That's fine. We saw what we got out of Vontae Madison is Cravon LeBlanc. So, you know, um, you know, I, I, I don't think Darby will be back, and that's that's okay. That's okay. Um, Jason Peters, he's kind of on the fence right now. I mean, he's, you know, he's been hurt a lot, you know. I, I, he doesn't necessarily want to retire from what I can see, but at the same time, um, I wouldn't be mad if he did because, I mean, the guy, his body, his body can't hold up anymore, although he's a freak. And when he's out there playing, I mean, he's he really is the bodyguard. Um it's hard for him to stay healthy. So I wouldn't be mad at that. But I think the Eagles bring him back one more year. Um, as far as Darren Sproles, he may come back on a year deal, but I heard that, you know, um, that he was going to retire. Um, family wanted him out of the game. Heard the same thing. Um, well, Jason Kelsey had contemplating retiring. He'll be back, though. Um, Brandon Brooks tore his Achilles in that Saints game. So, um, yeah, he'll he'll have to heal. He'll have to heal, and um, Eagles are going to have to draft some some linemen. Uh, I think tackles and guards, to be honest, because um, I don't I don't I can't see I don't think Wiz will be back. Um, Lane is going to stay over there on the right side. Um, what else? I think, well, Michael Bennett will be back here next year. Um, and then you'll have uh, Derek Barnett here as well. Chris Long, um, he doesn't require a lot of money, so you could bring him back, you know, if you could actually have, if you can stay healthy, if your team can stay healthy, because he shouldn't be playing a lot of snaps. But at the same time, Chris Long could be done with football. I mean, he's already won two Super Bowls. I think he's on his way to winning the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. You know, Chris Long could actually be done with football. And that's, that's absolutely fine because um, he's done a lot. He's done a lot in his career as far as, you know, winning Super Bowls and helping people. And it, may, it just may be time for him to move on. And that's cool. That's good. Good for him. But um, there's a lot of revamping to do overall, a lot of retooling to do as far as our team is concerned. We do need uh, a, a bell cow running back. Um, we need to upgrade our linebacker core. We do need D-backs. Um, we'll see if, we'll even see if um, Rodney McLeod is back. You know, I think next year is last year of his deal or it deal needs to be reworked somehow. We'll see. Because, I um, mean, you got Rasul. He can play safety. Avante Bass can play safety as well. So, he may not have to be back. But we will see. 
we will see. There's a lot of retooling and everything to get done. And we'll talk about that in, in podcasts going down the line. Like, we don't have to talk about it right now. Um, but, I mean, like I said, the Eagles season ended. Uh, they, they fought hard. They fought hard in that game. Um, a lot of people went down in that game. But they continued the fight. They fought hard. They gave it all they had. And that's why I couldn't be disappointed in, you know, losing. Because I knew that they fought till they couldn't fight anymore. And we just had to give it another try next year. Um, and winning the Super Bowl softens the blow. I can't lie about that. You know, if we didn't win the Super Bowl last year, if this was another year of Eagles failure, you know, we would have been killing Alshon Jeffrey. I can't kill him because, he, you know, he did, he made some big catches all season and all last year to even get us to the Super Bowl and to win it. I can't kill the team at all. I mean, the team fought so hard to even get into the playoffs. So I'm proud of the team. I really am. I do believe they'll be back. I believe Doug is a great leader of men. I'm not sure about Mike Grove being an offensive coordinator. I don't think he's that good. But maybe it just was his first year on the job and he was just learning. Maybe he'll be better next year. Schwartz, I've had my issues with him. I, I will continue to have my issues with him. Um, until he can actually prove to me um, to not play this, um, what do you call it? Like this bend on break style of defense and actually take it to the teams and dominate them. I'll have a problem with Schwartz. I will. It's not even about him blitzing. It's about, I, I'm, I come from the, I, I, I got to give Sweat Jordan a lot of credit because he's the one who points this stuff out. He needs, to, he needs to set the tone with the defense. Like, you don't have to blitz, but I know you like to rush your front four, but set the tone. Don't be bend, don't break. Be the enforcer. Force the issue with these other teams. Make them dictate their play toward you. Not you dictate your play toward them. And I know there's great receivers. But Michael Thomas did whatever he wanted in that Saints game. Like, Breeze didn't, Breeze didn't, like, throw, you know, he didn't kill us and throw for 400 yards and everything. I, what I saw Drew Breeze doing is, is looking for Michael Thomas and throwing the ball. His line holding up just enough where he can get the ball to Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. That's what I saw. It didn't happen this week, though, and changes on it. And I'll talk about that in the next segment. But at the same time, like I said, you know, Schwartz has to force the issues with these teams. He has to. But we'll see what happens next year, I guess. We'll see what happens on the draft, and we'll get into some draft, you know, podcasts and everything like that. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll get, we'll get into it, but not, you know, not for this pod. We're going to wrap up on the Eagles right now because I'm going way over the time talking about just the Eagles, period. Um, but I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss them for a while because they are an intricate part of the Philly sports uh, fabric. They are the, uh, the, the number one draw when it comes to Philly sports. And it hurts when the season's over. You know, unless you win the Super Bowl. And even when you win the Super Bowl, when it's over, it's over, and it sucks. So, we're going to miss them for a while, but they'll be back. They'll be back next year, and, you know, I can't wait to talk about draft and, you know, mini camps and the shaping of the team because, you know, now I look like, to me, I feel like we have something to prove. 
We didn't win the division this year, so next year we got to start from the beginning, win the division, make it into the playoffs, win each round of the playoffs, you know, climb the ladder all over again, you know, with a new team, basically, because we'll be retooling a lot of a lot of things. All you'll have here, um, you'll have your Fletcher Cox and your Malcolm Jenkins and your, your Carson Wentz, um, but who's going to be the bell cow running back next year? You have your Alshon Jeffrey, but you don't know. Golden Tate might be here instead of Nelson Aguilar. I don't know. Golden Tate wants to kind of stay here. Who knows? Mike Wallace won't be here next year. I mean, you got people that never came off IR this year. You, you don't know. So it'll be like a almost a new team next year. So something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. But like I said, I'm going to wrap up this part of the pod right now because um, I've gone, like I said, almost going a half an hour just talking about the Eagles, just talking about the last two weeks where they've lost and then end of the year presser and then this Carson Wentz article comes out and it's just a lot to talk about, a lot to a lot to digest in the last few weeks. So, yeah, I'm going to wrap up on them right now. When I come back, I'll talk a little bit about Championship Sunday and the Super Bowl going forward. And then I'll talk a little bit about the Sixers. And um, we'll also talk about the Phillies a little bit. Nothing really, not, not so much the Phillies, but who are we going to get, Machado or Harper? Or both? I doubt both right now, but we'll see. We'll see. This is Dom Lewis, the Philly Sports 444 Podcast, and I'll be back in a moment. Welcome back into the Philly Sports 444 Podcast. I'm your host, Don Lewis. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate it so much. Um, we'd like to thank Anchor, as always, for powering the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed already to the pod, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and uh, you can subscribe on um, anchor.fm or using the Anchor app. So thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate it. So let's get into... What happened on Championship Sunday? Um, NFC Championship was the Rams versus the Saints. Rams, I mean, excuse me, the Saints jumped out to a 13-0 lead. Um, three possessions, 13 points uh, before you could even blink an eye. And then um, the Rams, they they hung in the game. They stayed in there. They hung in. And then they go into halftime. The score is 13-10. Uh, by the end of the third, it was 20 to 20. And then um, it's tied going in or well, tied at the end of regulation, 23 all. And the Saints end up losing or the Rams end up winning the game um, off of a non. Well, no, I don't want to say that. They, they win the game 26 23. And most people think it was because of the non PI call that was missed, uh, where. Uh, Saints um, receiver was interfered with, but I looked at the play. It looked kind of bang bang at first. I could see how it wasn't called. It was missed, yeah. I also saw a lot of plays where the Saints committed a lot of penalties and like a lot of face mask and a lot of that kind of thing, like little things that they did. 
uh, not saying face mask is little because that's not little at all, but I saw little penalties they committed, like delay a game and stuff like that where they weren't called for it. You know, calls get missed all the time. I mean, we can complain about calls. Eagles can complain about calls every week that are missed against them. So, to just harp and say that, you know, your game was missed off of just one call, it's kind of ridiculous because they actually had a chance to win that game in, in regulation and in overtime, and they didn't win. And it's hard for me to feel sorry for them. I mean, maybe it's hard for me to feel sorry for them because of the way they trolled the Eagles after they won. You know, because I, listen, you won, I shake your hand, move on. Win graciously. Like, listen, you won, you were a better team today. Y'all got it. Y'all won. But Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram got to troll, got to do this, got to do that. Got to. They want the spotlight, and they act like they already won the Super Bowl the way they acted last week, and then heartbreak this week. And I didn't let up. After that game was over, I went right on Twitter. I trolled Alvin Kamara for an hour straight. For an hour. I didn't let up on him. And every chance I get, I'll troll him because just because he refused to be humble last week. Like, my thing is, you can celebrate winning. That's cool. You know, Eagles do it too. Eagles celebrate winning. Every team celebrates winning. The Bears do it. Every team does it. I may not like your celebration, but hey, that's cool. But I know the difference between someone celebrating and then someone trolling. The Saints were trolling last week. And that's cool. That's your right. You won. I can't really say much. But now the shoe's on the other foot. Now you experience heartbreak this week. So now I control you back. We on the same couch now. What kind of wings you want? You want a pizza? Let's order a pizza and watch Super Bowl together. We're on the same couch now. You got to be humble. But anyway, Rams win the game. Um, I thought that McVay did a great job hanging in there. They made some, they made, listen, I just give them a lot of credit. I really do. I, I give them a lot of credit because if you look at the overall stats of the game, I mean, the Saints didn't even really rush for a lot of yards. I think they rushed for about 50 yards. I think they might have had, they were they were like at like 300 total yards for the game offensively. And this is supposed to be in high power offense at score 45, 50 points during the year. That they haven't really been the same since the Cowboys game. I hate to admit that, but they haven't. I mean, they beat the Eagles 48 to seven. You know, I think they beat another team the next week, and then after that, they played the Cowboys. And they haven't been the same. They weren't the same. And now, it's kind of like they peaked too early. You know, I didn't believe that. Yeah, I thought they would be able to turn it back on. But they peaked kind of early. And now, and I hope they had hope they had dome field advantage. So there's no excuse. I, you know, all you heard was the broadcasters talk about how loud it was in the Superdome, and you know, you see tweets coming out. Oh, the Superdome is so loud where uh, pieces of the ceiling are falling down and, 
You know, it's just really, really loud in here, and that's that's cool. Young Sean McVay, young Jared Goff went in there, despite not even being able to hear each other, and they still won the game. I got to give the Rams a lot of credit for that. A lot of credit. They went in there and they humbled the Saints. And maybe people will say they get they didn't get humbled because of a blown call or whatever. Look, your team had the chance to win. It didn't win. It didn't win in regulation. And then they got the ball first in overtime. They didn't score. So I don't want, I don't want to hear it. At the end of the day, your team lost. That's that's it. They lost. And for them to be doing all this stuff where they're trying to sue the league now and, you know, they want this rule exercise where they can replay. Listen, all of that is BS. No one cares about you whining about losing a game. You're making a big deal out of it. No one cares, bro. The Super Bowl is set already. The Rams are going and you're not. Try again next year, just like the rest of us. Get over it already. You're not the first team to get hosed on a bad call. People have been getting hosed all year. It's just a part of the game. Shoot. Eels got hosed in, a, in the Cowboys game, you know, when they did the opening kickoff. And they said it wasn't a clear recovery. When the Eagle clearly picked it up, there wasn't a Cowboy around. That could have changed the, the whole complexion of the season, the whole dynamic of the season. It could have actually won a division. So if you want to complain about that, I can complain about that. I just think it's ridiculous. Like these, these listen, man, all this whining and crying and stuff, like at the end of the day, your team lost, man. You lost. I'm sure there were calls last week in during the Eagles Saints game. I could have complained about a lot of calls. I could have complained about stuff. At the end of the day, the Eagles lost that game. They had a chance to win it and they lost. Couple games this year where the Eagles, they just lost. I they just lost a game. The Titans, the Panthers, the Cowboys twice. You just lost. Listen. At the end of the day, my team had a chance to win and they lost the game. That's the end of it for me. I'm not going to put it on a call. Listen, I had some good feedback from my, my good friend, Joe Williams. He actually, um, and I appreciate his feedback because, like I said, I encourage all you guys to, you know, give me feedback. Just, you know, if you want to talk about the, the pod or if you have a question for the, about the pod, you know, please, please, please chime in. Please tweet me, text me, whatever. His question was, um, I'll read his question off to you. Would you rather have lost the game on the interception or on a blown call if the Saints lost the game? I said I'd rather take the blown call because with the blown call, I feel like your team has done everything they could do in order to win the game. And with the interception, it felt that was our mistake. So I don't want to lose off the interception because that's our fault. Our fault. Now, a blown call that happened in the Saints game, right? But 
The Saints also allowed that game to go to overtime. The Saints also got that ball first in overtime, and they didn't score. That's the reason that they lost. Because adversity, look at look at the AFC Championship game. That goes to overtime as well. Tom Brady gets the ball. They don't let up. They score a touchdown. The game's over. Mahomes didn't even get a chance to touch the ball. So that's that's the difference between the Patriots and the, and the Saints. That's the difference right there because they had a chance to win. They didn't. Patriots had a chance to win, and they did. Take it however you want it. But that's the truth. So, Rams won. MC, they're MC champions. And, listen. I hope the Rams do win the Super Bowl. Because the last thing I want to see is Brady win another one. Nah, you know what? I'm actually not opposed to him winning another one. I actually said about a month ago, I was like, you know what's going to be crazy? Is if Eagles are all... This is when Eagles are still in the playoffs. I said, you know what would be crazy? After all of this crap, after all of this stuff that Eagles trying to get into the playoffs, Eagles get you get into the playoffs, would it be the real shame of it is if the Patriots actually end up winning Super Bowl anyway and Brady gets his sixth ring? So I'm not going to be completely surprised if he does win. I won't be completely mad. I just won't. But at the end of the day, I'm kind of rooting for McVay. You know, he's the young darling of the league, and I know people hate that. At the same time, though, he's he's Super he's a Super Bowl uh, coach now. Gotta respect him. Gotta respect him. And at the end of the day, Doug Peterson has beat him twice, so I'm cool. I don't I don't I don't I don't feel that he I don't feel inferior to to the Rams. But I give them a lot of credit. They went into the Super Bowl and they won. The Patriots, I can't give them enough credit. I mean, here's the thing. I was upset after the game. I talked to my boys, Ryan and Clint. I was upset. I was really, really upset. I was rooting for Andy. I rooted my tail off for Andy. I really did. And just the fact that he failed again, I was just really, really bothered by that. And I felt like this time it wasn't Andy's fault. And my man Clint was like, no, he's the head coach. It's always going to be his fault. And I was mad at Clint for thinking that way. I felt like he was being so biased because of, you know, Andy being here for so many years and him making those kind of mistakes here for so many years. And I, to, to this day, I still don't think it's Andy's fault that they lost that game. You know, it's a different story if... You know, Mahomes gets a chance to actually touch the ball. That defense let them down. That Chiefs defense has been an Achilles heel all year long. That Chiefs defense let them down. Again. They did it the first time they played the Patriots in Foxborough. So... I just think um, I just think that the Patriots just were better, and Brady was just better at the end of the day. 
he was better at that time, at that juncture of the game. He was better. He made the plays when he needed to make them. And I hate Edelman. I don't think he's good at all. Like, I called out, like, people gave Tony Romo a lot of credit, like, a lot of praise because he called out the plays. And I'm not an accident. I can't break it down accident the way Tony Romo can. But I called it out so many times where I was like, the ball's about to go to Edelman. I can see it right now. I can see it's about to go to Edelman right here. Bam, he throws right to Edelman. And I don't want to credit like Tony Roman. I'm not saying that. But it's so it was predictable. It was like Tony the way Tony Roman broke it down, like he knew the play they were about to run. Me, I didn't know that. I just knew who the ball was going to. And it's just, it's just really, really, it's un I, I my heart breaks for Andy, man. It really does. Cause he just couldn't get it done. Again. But Mahomes is special, man. I mean, the Chiefs didn't score any points in that first half. They came out in the second half and scored 31 points. It took every it to me, it took every bit of greatness from Brady in order to win that game. So I had I had to respect Tom Brady for that. And I gotta respect Belichick for that. I gotta respect him for that. Better team, so you know they're in their ninth Super Bowl in 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 19 years. It's incredible. No matter how you look at it, that's incredible. Ninth Super Bowl in 19 years. Yeah, it's incredible. So uh, you know, he made it. Congratulations to the Patriots. They play the Rams February 3rd in the Super Bowl. But all I know is that on February 4th, 2018, at 10.18 p.m., Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, New England Patriots, lost to the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl, lost to a backup quarterback, Nick Foles, in Super Bowl 52. That will always live with me. Sorry, it's just my little cheap shot. I know that's a little kind of petty by me, but... I got to let that be known forever. That you lost to our backup. So, that's our crown crowning jewel moment. So, hey, what can you do? Um, But, yeah, in all jokes aside, though, congratulations to the Patriots. Congratulations to the Rams. It's going to be a good game, I think. You know, we're going to see what the young, innovative mind can do against the old, wily vet, Bill Belichick and Brady. The young pups against the, the vets, the goats. Whatever you want to say, it's going to be a good game. And you know, I thought the dynasty—I thought the dynasty was over. I thought that—I thought the Patriot dynasty was dead after the Eagles beat them last year. I thought it was over, and I was like, okay, they get into the playoffs this year. There's no way they're going to make it past the divisional round. I think the Chargers got them. They whooped up on the Chargers. Okay, there's no—they're not going to beat the Chiefs. They're not going to beat them because I'm not saying they didn't have a chance. I was like, they're not going to beat the Chiefs. Not—not not in that cold. Not with Mahomes throwing the way he throws. He's anti-proof. All that stuff. He ends up winning. He's great. He is great. I, I got to give Brady a lot of credit. At this rate, I hope the dude plays till he's 50. Like, the dude is great. I hope he wins 20 Super Bowls the way he acts out there. Not really, but I'm just saying, like, I, I, I can appreciate, like, looking at it from, you know, 
50,000 feet away, I can appreciate him being great the way he is. I might hate Boston teams. I might hate the Patriots. I don't necessarily even hate the Patriots. But I might hate, like, you know, that Boston lore of teams. I might hate that they have so much success. But I can appreciate the New England Patriots for who they are, what they've done for this league. I can appreciate them. I can appreciate that greatness. I respect it. So, um, yeah, I, can, I respect it. It's going to be good games on Sunday. It's going to be good games. You know, as far as, you know, rules, and I, there were a couple bad calls on Sunday. But overall, the games were great. And the better teams won on Sunday. So, respect to those teams. And, yeah, let's get ready for February 3rd. Get ready for February 3rd. When I come back, I'm going to take a short break. And um, I'm going to come back with a question that was asked me again by my good friend Joe Williams um, about the Eagles-Saints game. So I'll give that, I'll uh, answer that question for Joe on the other side of this uh, break. And I'll also... Um, I'll get into a little bit of Sixers stuff as well as uh, Phillies and Flyers. So this is Don Lewis here from the Philly Sports 444 Podcast, and I'll be back in a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Philly Sports 444 Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Lewis, and we thank you guys for tuning in. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Please feel the uh, feel free to rate and subscribe to the podcast and also share the podcast on your Twitter, on your Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well, at 444 Podcast. And we are also powered by the Anchor app, and we appreciate them for giving us the platform to record, to share our thoughts, and to actually do this podcast. So thank you. Um, so I have a question that came in from my guy, Joe Williams. Um, and we used to, I used to work with Joe. Joe, um, you know, he, he is a, I used to work with him a couple of years ago, and, you know, we used to always talk sports. We used to always talk Eagles in the office. So um, it's it's been good it's been good to hear from him, and I appreciate him for actually you know giving feedback on the pod and um, Joe you know when you listen to this thank you man I appreciate the questions so one of his questions uh, to me was about um, the drop pass uh, from from Alshon um, in the in the Eagles Saints game and he he asked me. Um, he asked me a question about a drop. He said, well, let me just make sure I read this question right. Um, you know, Alshon got a lot of, you know, people, you know, gave him, they cut him a lot of slack after he dropped that, you know, pass or the pass went through his hands. Joe asked the question, would, 
would you still give him would you still cut him the slack if he dropped the pass in the end zone or if the ball was dropped in the end zone end zone intercepted that way would you still cut him the slack then and I thought that's I think that's a great question it's a great question I think that I'm going to answer Joe's question this way. I'm going to say, Joe, I think that people would have gotten over it, but not as fast. I think people would have been a little bit more riled up after if, if that would have happened. If we would have been in prime position that way, if we would have actually had the game in hand and then it slipped right through your hands and Lattimore picks it off in the end zone, I think people would have been... Not wanting to run Alshon out of town, but um, people would have been. There would have probably wouldn't have been people. There probably would have been people that wouldn't have been over it right now. So it probably would have just been people that were just absolutely upset, still upset, and and not over it until the season, the next season started. Just like the Eagles fans of old. And it's not that we're not the Eagles fans of old. I, you know, I want to just, I want to, you know, um shed some light on that as well. People think that so I've heard things like oh Philly Philadelphia fans lost their edge because uh they're not bashing the team like they would have done in the past. First of all, who wants to be a miserable fan that way? Who wants to be a miserable fan like that? No one wants to be that miserable. We were like that because we hadn't won. It's not that we're not still like that, but we won. We're able to like like let up a little bit. Like we see the team for what it is. We saw that the team struggled this year. They battled so many injuries. They were in so many close games. They lost close games. They won close games. Carson got hurt again. Nick Foles had to come in again. There was a long shot after that Cowboys game or after that uh, Saints game where the Eagles, it was after both, the, after the Cowboys game and after the Saints game where the Eagles weren't going to make the playoffs. Long shot after both games. And you know what they did? They pulled it together. They backdoored their way in. I don't think anyone even thought that they would. I'm not saying people didn't think they would go to the Super Bowl this year. I'm not saying that. But <coughs> after the kind of season that they had, they were very fortunate to make the playoffs. And we appreciated their efforts just to make the playoffs and to win that tough game in Chicago, that wild card round. It was tough. That's a loud place to play. It was cold. That defense was the number one defense in the league. Eagles won that off of a double doink. Like that's listen, you gotta give the Eagles credit for the way they played. It's not it's not about us not being the same type of fan anymore. We 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 as we're let me see how I can put this. The intelligent fan knows when to bash the team and when not to bash the team. The idiot fan is the one who bashes them all the time. And, oh, they're bums and da-da-da-da-da, the okay guys and all that stuff. You know, those people that just like to be miserable because they want to be miserable. I'm not that kind of... I'm a fan. I'm a real fan. Yeah, I get pissed off at the team sometimes. Yeah, I get pissed off at the Sixers. And I get pissed off at a lot of things. But... I actually see the team for what it is. You got to call spade a spade. Like, we don't have to be miserable curmudgeons all the time. People have a... That's a... I think that's just a misconception of 
being a fan of Philadelphia sports. Because the Philadelphia fan is supposed to be a smart, intelligent fan. Yeah, they can be a little rowdy and everything like that, but and people may know us for being rowdy and stuff, but I think what people understand about the Philadelphia fan base more than anything is that this fan base is intelligent. You cannot pull the wool over our eyes when it comes to what's going on with our teams, what's going on with our players. Um, you can't you can't fool us. We demand and require more and require truth. And we don't like when people are being shady. That's why that's why people have such an issue with the things that go on with the Sixers and Markel Fultz because the, the Sixers are shady about it. They're not telling the whole truth. And I'll get into that in a little bit. But I just wanted to, you know, just shed some light on, you know, the misconception of the Philadelphia fan losing its edge because, um, because we were so, we weren't as hard on Alshon as we would have been in the past. You do know we won the Super Bowl last year, right? You do know that we were actually trying to follow up and actually go back to back. And no one goes back to back. So, I just think that's um, it's very, very, um, it's kind of asinine to me. But, hey, I digress. But thanks for the question, Joe. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that question. So, let me um, get into a little bit of the Sixers. So, the Sixers, over the last two weeks, they've, pl- they've been playing some good ball. Playing some good ball. They started out by, um, they have a tough stretch coming up. Um, well, they had a tough, they're in the, not in the middle of it, so they're kind of in the beginning of the tough stretch. They had some tough games. They played Indiana last Thursday. Blew them out. I was surprised. I mean, and Embiid, he wasn't even necessarily healthy that game. I mean, he had a bad back that game. But he, you know, the Sixers just played extremely well. And then they took OKC on Saturday, took them to the brink. Kind of lost, you know, a nail, not a nail biter, but they lost a heartbreaker at the end. Because um, they actually go up, they go up by two. Um, they go up by two with a couple of seconds left in the fourth. Um, you know, play some great defense, uh, play a trap, and then um, force a turnover. Jimmy Butler gets to, you know, the, the go-ahead layup. But then OKC comes off of an inbound, you know, pass, and, and Paul George hits his nasty three, gets a four-point play. Jimmy Butler fouled him. Um, and, you know, it's a foul in today's standard. I get it, you know. But... You know, it, I just felt like you know that game was for the that game's for the taking, and you know we let it slip. So, you know it was a heartbreaker. But then they come back on Monday, and you know MLK Day, and they actually like beat the brakes off of the Rockets, even though Harden had thirty seven points. Um, they end up beating the Rockets by like thirty points almost. So, they've been playing some good basketball. They've been playing some good defense. Got some some good energy coming off that bench with uh, Corey Brewer. And he played, you know, he played well. He started last night because Jimmy Butler was out of the game. So, you know, uh, they've been playing well so far. Uh, so in this tough stretch, they're, they're currently 2-1 and one in the tough stretch. They play San Antonio on Wednesday um, at um, the at the center. So we'll see how that goes. But I think that the, what's been so good lately with the Sixers is, like I said, 
They were playing some defense and they're getting some some bench help, which is good. They're shooting the ball kind of well right now. But um, I, I want to see how they can sustain this type of effort and, and energy and winning and defensive effort on the road. I mean, I know they play Indiana on the road, but I want to see if they can continue to do this when, when they get out west. Um, they played, like I said, though, they've been playing well. So I can't get on Brett Brown, you know, today. I can't, you know, get on his case. I just think um, maybe they're starting to gel a little bit. Jimmy and Ben and Joe starting to gel a little bit, and and we need them to gel. They didn't gel. I mean, I told you guys, if they can get out, if they can get before the All Star break, they can get the thirty eight wins. They got a real good shot, real good shot of you know possibly taking the East as far as being a number one seed. I think so. Anyway. 38 wins by the All-Star break. I think that's that would be pretty good. Right now, they're 31-17. But we'll see. We'll see. I'll go through the schedule a little bit. I'll go through the schedule right now for you. Uh, next couple games. So, they got San Antonio uh, on Wednesday. Or at Denver on Saturday. Lakers next Tuesday. Golden State next Thursday. Sacramento next Saturday. Then Toronto at home on the fifth, on February fifth. Denver at home on the eighth. Lakers at home on the tenth. Boston at home on the twelfth. At New York Knicks on the thirteenth. So let's see. That San Antonio game is a big game. I think they need to win that game tomorrow. They need to win that game. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six wins will put them at 37 wins. So they, I got six wins. I got six wins for them right now. Um, but they're going to have to beat. And, and in order to get to 38, they're going to have to beat Toronto or Boston or Denver. They could win two out of those three, but they got to win. They got to win at least one of those games before the All-Star break. They got Toronto on the fifth, Denver on the eighth, Boston on the 12th. They're all at home. We got Denver twice in that stretch, though. We got Denver at Denver. Uh, this upcoming Saturday, but then we got them at home on Friday the 8th, so the All-Star break is the 15th, 16th, 17th, so um, we end that, before, our last game before the All-Star break is at the Knicks, so that should be a win as well, but um, yeah, I got them currently, I mean, San Antonio, they gotta win that game tomorrow, they gotta win that game, so I'm, I don't know. We'll see. They're at, but they're like I said, they're at Denver on Saturday, and then next Tuesday they're they have the, they're at the Lakers. Um, Lakers been playing some okay ball, but they got they're hurt right now. So we should win that game. I mean, they don't got no Bron. They don't have LeBron right now. 
I don't think they have Lonzo right now, and Ray John Rondo is not playing right now either. But then we're at Golden State on the 31st, so that's going to probably be a loss. At Sacramento on the 2nd, that should be a win. Like I said, we got to win that either Toronto, Denver, or Boston game. The Lakers will play us. We play the Lakers at home as well. That should be a win as well. So we'll see. But I'm excited about the Sixers. I'm excited about the Sixers. Um, I just hope they continue to play well, continue to play with a, enough defensive energy. That's what I really want out of that team. Um, there's going to be nights where you shoot the ball bad. But if you can give some effort on defense, um, you got a real good shot of you know being in all of these games. They have to do that. So that's what I see out of the Sixers right now. I mean, Joel Embiid is on a tear. Um he has the most 30-10 games um, out of any player this season. So it's really, really, that's really, really great. Um, he should be mentioned in the MVP conversation. I know I know Harden's out here, you know, tearing the league up. And I know Kawhi is doing well. And I know Giannis is doing well. But Embiid needs to be in that conversation too. Look at Embiid's numbers. So we'll see. But we'll see, though. Tough game tomorrow coming up, though, against the Spurs. Luckily, we're at home. We actually are very good at home. Um, Spurs, they're not really a three-point shooting team like that. I know they have uh, a couple of young guys who like to shoot the three, but they're not a three-point shooting team like that. They're just a fundamentally sound team. Fundamentally sound. Transition from the Sixers. To the Phillies, the Phillies right now, um, like I said, Doc Halliday is now a Hall of Famer, and I'm, I'm just so happy for that. Um, that's that's awesome. I'm just um, I I can appreciate what Doc did for the league, not just for the Phillies, but for the entire league. I appreciate that. I can appreciate what he did, and uh, you know, just so sorry that he's gone, but. You know, they definitely. I think they got it right. I think I think that they got it right by voting him in today. Um, and not just uh, Doc Holliday got in today, but uh, Mariano Rivera got in today, which was um, he was uh, he was a unanimous Hall of Famer actually. He got um, he became the first baseball player ever to receive a hundred percent of the votes for a Hall of Fame. So listen, man. He, he was he was he was clutch. He was he was clutch. So the full list is is Mariano Rivera, Roy Halladay, Edgar Martinez, and Mike Musina. So I don't know about Musina getting in on his on the first ballot, but hey. Right now though, Phillies they currently do not have Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. I know they're still like you know flirting with both of them. I think more so they're leaning toward Harper. They think Harper is probably going to be the guy who signs here. Uh, neither one have made a decision yet as far as who they're going to sign with. They're dragging it out. I mean, they're just really dragging it out at this point. I don't see what the big deal is. Pick a team already. Get paid your money. And let's 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 go. Let's go already. Maybe you're trying to push the market up. But Philly, obviously the Phillies have the most money to offer you. Like, you're going to get paid either way. Just get the money. I don't know, man. Just a to me, it's just a. This is you know people have complained. This is why baseball is the way it is. This is why they're 
people don't um that people don't pay attention, but it's like this is why they are where they are as far as the hierarchy. That's why NFL is king, followed by the NBA, and then you know, baseball and then hockey for most people. But you know, they 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 complicate things where they don't have to be complicated, and they 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 they, they sometimes they refuse to they refuse to change, a few refuse to grow almost. So. I don't know, man. Hopefully they make a decision, like, soon. Hopefully they make a decision before the freaking All-Star break. Uh, the NBA All-Star break. Hopefully they make a decision, man. I mean, I just don't see what's taking them so long. But, um, no, no signings yet. That's where we're at right now. The, as far as the Flyers are concerned, the Flyers, they're currently on a bye week. Giving some good effort the last few games. Um, Carter Hart's really good. He's he's going to be really. He's, I'm not gonna say he's really good now, but he's going to be really good. He's been playing well so far. Um, they put Delweese on waivers. No one claimed him off of waivers. So basically, the Flyers told him to stay home. He's kind of like not saying he's no longer with the team, but he's on. He's at home waiting. You know, waiting to somebody picks him up. Um, they did make a, I think they made an acquisition of someone. I can't remember who. Um, but like I said, they've been playing kind of well. But their injury, they keep having injuries to their um, to their goalies. And the only one I can really mention that's been playing well is, like I said, Carter Hart. But right now they should be tanking. They're right now they're kind of like in tank mode. You know, they're they're kind of in tank mode right now. And that's cool. If you're going to tank so that you can actually get better next year, get the top guy in the draft and be better next year, I'm all good with that. Because this this organization is or listen, Flyers fans deserve for them to put a great Flyers fans are honestly Flyers fans are more loyal than Eagles fans are. They deserve a great product to be out there on the ice. If you're not giving them a great product and they're still supporting you anyway, even though you're not giving them a great product, you should be ashamed. I mean, I trust the GM. I don't have a reason not to trust the GM. I trust him so far. He's trying to make moves. She's at the, you know, they're just not a very good team right now. We'll see what happens, though, as far as, you know, where they end up this year and where they draft, and who they can get to coach this team next year. Going for it. Going for it. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Like I said, I want them to tank. Tank all, listen, tank as much as you can. Tank as much as you can. Get that top draft pick. Let's get rolling next year. But we'll see, we'll see. Um, but that about that will that will do it as far as what I have to cover on all four of our teams right now. Um, I don't really have any other news besides that. Besides those things, I guess you know Eagles pretty much dominated because they're, they're just so they dominate the news front when it comes to Phillies. But they just dominate it. It's crazy. But um. That, that will do it for right now. 
like I said, big game tomorrow versus um versus the San Antonio Spurs for the Sixers, and then we'll see what happens as far as Machado and and Harper. Um, I think I'm going to record a pod as soon as it happens. I might just record like a little five ten minute pod just as soon as it happens because um, I believe that the Phillies will get one of those guys, at least one of them. I just want the thing to be over already. Sheesh. I just think it's taking way too long. So we'll see. But I'm going to wrap up the podcast in the next segment um, with some shout outs and and, and those sorts of things. Um, and tell you what uh, what we got coming up. I'll just, yeah, I guess I'm giving a few shout outs to some folks. And um, yeah. And, and just say a couple thank yous and everything. So. Um, wrap up in a moment. I'm going to take a short break. This is Dom Lewis with the Philly Sports 444 Podcast, and I'll be back in a moment. Welcome back, everybody, to the Philly Sports 444 Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Lewis, and I thank you guys for tuning in. As always, um, if you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe. Um, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, um, and or the Anchor app. Um, you can subscribe on the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. And you can search Philly Sports 444 Podcast and you'll find us uh, there. You can tweet the podcast. You can follow us on Facebook as well at 444 Podcast. Um, you can email us at 444podcast at gmail.com. That's F-O-U-R-F-O-R, the number four podcast at gmail.com. Um, and like I said, I just want to ple- thank you all that have listened to me. Um, I looked at my stats earlier tonight, and I just was um, evaluating, you know, over, I guess, over the, since I started the podcast, how many listens I have. I have over uh, 1,200 people that have listened or 1,200 listens as far as all my episodes combined and um, averaging, I guess, I don't want to say what my average is, but I appreciate all you guys that have listened and um, that tune in weekly or have tuned in once or whatever. I appreciate all of you guys. So thank you so much. Um, I just want to give a couple of shout outs to, you know, a couple of, um, a couple of podcasts that I listen to that I just want to give some shout outs uh, on because I think they're great podcasts. I want to first shout out my good friend, Clint Coley. He's my best friend. Um, He's had some podcasts in the past, but his latest one is Advice from an (laughs) F-Boy. It's a a funny podcast. It really is. Uh, So you can subscribe to that podcast. That's on... um, That's on iTunes and, uh, you know, Spotify and all of that stuff. But Advice from an F-Boy, an F-Boy, F-U-C-K boy. So, um... It's it's a, it's a pretty comical podcast, but uh, he, he says some funny stuff, but it makes you think as well. So it's pretty good. Uh, just want to give him a shout out on that. Hey, Clint, man, keep doing your thing. Um, I want to shout out um, the Maze cast, the Harry Maze podcast. I've been a fan of Harry Maze since I started listening to sports radio. And he now has a podcast that I've been listening to. I listened to um, I listened to the first well, his first three episodes of the Maze Cast um, by Brandon Sports. So I, sh- I just want to shout that out. He doesn't need me to shout him out, but I just think it's a good podcast, so I'm shouting it out. Um, 
also listen to the Derail podcast with him and Aton Shander. Uh, shout out to both Harry Mays and Aton Shander. They don't need me to shout them out, but these are podcasts that I like, so I'm shouting these people out. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to um, Fourth and Joan. I listen to their podcast a lot as well. Um, I listen to the podcast every week. Um, the Philadelphia Sports Table. I listen to their podcast as well. I've listened a few times, and I and I, I kind of like their podcast. So shout out to those guys. Two One Five Live. I love their podcast, Wildfire Sports. Um, those guys are pretty good. So uh, I know they do the radio show on Monday nights, but I listen to the podcast um, every week. I want to shout out the guys from Eagles Talk. Those are my guys, Dante the Dark Knight. He does a great job, man. I want to shout him out. He's good, man. He's really, really good. And uh, I like it. I love his podcast. Um, also listen to, uh, this is kind of a guilty pleasure of mine, but the Straight Shooters podcast is actually a wrestling podcast. So I listen to that one as well. Um, I like that one. Yeah. Uh, Fourth and Go, I listen to him as well. Um, who else have I have? I've been listening to um, the Good Fight podcast is by SB Nation. Um, oh yeah, how can I forget about the Go Birds Pod and um, also BGN Radio? I listen to both of those guys. Um, really, really like those guys. Um, who else? Uh, Sixers Beat with Derek Bogner. I like that one. Um, and there's another one I listen to. Can't think of the name of this one right now. Oh yeah, Duncan Dynasty. I like that one as well. Um, so I listened to that one. Um, and oh yeah, how can I forget about my girl AJ Jones? She does a great podcast as well. Uh, she's also powered by Anchor. So if you guys are listening um, on Anchor, please subscribe to her podcast as well. But she can be found on iTunes as well as Google Play and Spotify and all that stuff. Zero F's Given, I listen to that podcast as well. Um, I know I'm not I'm not even here to be, I'm not here to, you know, listen, I, I like to promote people who do great things, so I just want to shout these folks out, that's all. Um, there are plenty more podcasts to listen to, but those are the ones I think I listen to, like, more so on a daily basis. Um, I, mean, I listen to, like, stuff at 60 Minutes and all kinds of stuff, but, um, Oh, yeah, uh, the Philly Influencer Podcast, I listened to that one as well. Um, the Philly Famous, oh, this is the, oh, this is when I got a shout out, because um, I like this guy. Uh, the Outside Insider Podcast uh, with Liam, I can't think of Liam's last name, but he is really, he really is good. He's, uh, I know he's from, um, he's from across the pond, and he's like an Eagles insider, and I think he's, he like does the breakdowns of tapes and all of that. So I, I, I love his pride as well. So I just wanted to give those folks a shout out. Um, keep doing your thing, folks. I appreciate what you guys and I listen to you guys all the time. So please continue to continue to record and you know, hopefully you guys listening to me. Um, you know, because I, I I learn from you guys as much as uh, you know, I think that we can learn from each other as far as us being um, you know. Philly sports fans and actually uh, knowing about these teams, you know, being like emotionally invested with these teams and us recording podcasts on these teams. I think that we can all learn from each other. So I just wanted to, oh, I forgot to give uh, the Broad Street Bullies. I forgot to give those guys a uh, shout out as well. That's a hockey podcast. And um, um, 
Stick to Hockey Podcast, Jason Martinez. That's a good one as well. Um, yeah, yeah. If I'm forgetting anybody, I'm just sorry that I missed you. Um, trust me, it wasn't intentional. I just said I, it just may have slipped my mind. But um, and last but not least, I got to give a shout out to my guys, Two and Five Sports, Terrell Willis, Ernest Drummond. Uh, we do our show on Sunday mornings from ten to eleven on uh, WPEN uh, one six point five in Philadelphia. Um, we stream it on Facebook Live, and I usually post a podcast via Anchor as well. So um, you guys can listen to that and subscribe to that one on uh, that one isn't on iTunes yet, but it is on Spotify and it is on like Stitcher. So you can subscribe to the podcast that way. So um, I think that's all the shout outs I have. Oh, yeah. One more shout out. I got to give a shout out to my youngest sibling, my brother, Tyler Lewis. Um, he is uh, he just turned 21. Um, last week he turned 21 on Thursday. So all my siblings are now grown and, uh, I didn't take him out for a drink, but I brought the drinks to him. So I went to, I went, um, home, home and, um, you know, I took him, you know, we got him a couple bottles and, you know, instead of him going out to a bar, we actually had him in the house and, um, <laughs> let's just say he probably don't want to drink anytime soon. Because uh, we had him, uh, <laughs> uh, we gave him a few, we gave him a few drinks. So, <laughs> so, um, shout out to Tyler. I love you, bro. Uh, shout out to my goddaughter, Kyara, who just had a birthday as well. Um, I love you, Kai. And, um, yeah, I just want to promote anyone who's doing anything positive in their neighborhoods or um, whatever it may be, whatever it may be. Um, if you're on a podcast and you want us to listen to it and you just need me to shout you out, I will. Um, I'm all about positive energy. I'm all about people doing great and people just helping other people and being humble. So I thank you all for listening to the pod. This is Dom Lewis signing off from the Philly Sports 444 podcast. I will catch you guys next time. Peace.